come and date Hershey's and tell Oh, imagine being be with you. Good to be with you. So, interesting history. We've both been at Salesforce and Yammer. Correct. Right? Right. So, on the overlaps, which is, which is good. Lots more to tell about your story, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was excited to hang out with you today because you've got a really interesting title. What do they call you here? I am the Chief of Staff. Sounds sounds awesome. I'd like to be the Chief of something at some point. Very <laughs> good. Chief of Staff. All right. So, that's cool. So, I want to learn a little bit more about that. I've got a few questions I prepared for us to talk about uh, mm-hmm. your role and how you got here. Um, can you give me the Reader's Digest version of how you got here, which is where, by the way? Where are you right now? So, I'm at a company called Trade.io. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I've been in the Bay Area for over 20, 20 years now, and I started my career at a small startup called salesforce.com like you and so I've been fortunate enough to pick a few uh, great companies along the way. Or did they pick you? I mean, you know, they, 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 they both. Right? Like, right? That's right. That's Take right. some credit. They yeah. found you. Yeah. So I spent time at Yammer. I spent time at uh, Zendesk. Uh, I also spent time at Zenefits uh, managing a team of, about, of over 75 people um, and then I did some consulting as well with other, uh, where I work with with mostly SaaS uh, companies to help them mm-hmm. think about how they do selling and sales development strategically. But let's pause here for a second because it's really interesting. As you know, I do a bit of consulting. I've had that pre-Salesforce. I did four and a half years consulting um, on sales process. How, as people think about, you know, sometimes we get in the grind, right? We're, yeah. They come down pretty well. Maybe we want to change your pace. What was that experience like for you? How long did you do consulting and sort of, can you, what was great? What was not yeah. so great about consulting? Even? Yeah, I mean, so I did it for two and a half years, and I and I absolutely loved it because it was a great way for me to step back from carrying a quota, mm-hmm. but then also be able to leverage what was in my leverage the experience in my head and work strategically with a broad range of great companies from all sizes, where I could sit down with a team of executives and 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 help them think about the way that they not only design their sales teams but how they would structure them and enable them to, to help drive efficiency. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about consulting is you get exposed to so many different contexts. Yes. Right? You know, if you work for IBM for 20 years, there's the IBM way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it evolves and you can you can experience lots of different departments, but I think there's nothing quite like seeing those completely discrete contexts you were exposed to, yeah. which is great. But you made also an interesting comment for me, which is, you know, get no quota. Um, I think in, in your context in that role, you, you are very much about uh, execution strategy and working with clients. For those folks out there thinking about consulting on their own, something I've done a couple of times, yep. one thing that I have to remember is your first job when you, the first thing you need to do when you're inside a client sell your next job yeah and it's actually if you're responsible for BD and delivery yeah it's really hard yeah when I people don't realize it when I sat down with the CEO of the company that eventually hired me he he positioned it as I had two options I could go out and, and and grind and go build my book of business or I could go work somewhere that had established clients that would just allow me to hone a new skill set from a consulting perspective versus having to worry about going out and, and closing my own clients, so I took the I took that route, so I didn't have to worry about that piece, and it uh, it was great. Yeah, makes sense. And then you eventually landed here at Trade. Yeah. Uh, and so, if, for those who don't know, what does Trade do? We are a general automation platform that allows organizations to better integrate their uh, cloud apps together. Mm, that was smooth. Doing mm. sales. <laughs> right. uh, so when you first joined uh, Trade, what were you doing? I was running uh, sales development and enablement, so we had a team of two SDRs, which I eventually grew to over 18, uh, and I did that for about uh, a little over a year, and a, 
a year and change. And, and you've run some big SDR teams. And you're sort yes. of your inside sales has really been a core a strength and specialty in your career, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, it's, been, it's been a unique uh, situation for me because I've managed both sales development and inside sales teams. You yeah. don't typically see that combination. So it just depended on whatever the opportunity was, I would I would you know take on inside sales, I take on sales development, and, uh, and that's how that's how I operated. And I really like that because the career path often is SDR to inside sales. Definitely. And you sort of bridge those gaps. Yeah. So a lot of SDR managers talk to me about what's next. You know? Yeah. And you can make a great career specializing in SDRs and you can run some really big teams. However, some folks feel that they want to build a different engine. Yeah. Right. And inside sales is a yeah. natural progression. And, and when you have those conversations with, with leaders, they, they tend to want you to have that closing experience mm -hmm. before they they allow you to go manage a team of, of sellers. So yeah. it's really important, and I, and I tell that to uh, SDR managers all the time, is yeah, you can, you can know how to manage people, but you also have to know how to run a deal and, and, and forecast, and there's all these different skill sets that you need as an individual contributor, then go and help other teams be successful. Yeah, 100%. So you did that, and then you were promoted to Chief of Staff. Yes. Um, so uh, it's one of these great titles. I remember when customer success was the first title. Everyone's like, oh, no one had any idea what the hell it was. <laughs> Have you figured it out? What's well, chief of staff? Yeah, I mean, so I, 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 I worked closely with our CEO and chief business officer when I was ready to, to make a move, and I, and I presented this, um, the idea of becoming chief of staff for the organization. Mm -hmm. And I really viewed it as a few different things. It's one, a strategic advisor to the entire leadership team, so step away from the day-to-day managing of people and to help look at the business in a more holistic fashion and help them with uh, strategic initiatives and just to be able to bounce ideas off of from a, from a planning perspective. Uh, the second piece to, the, to what I do is I, I manage uh, initiatives that my, my boss, the chief business officer, has when it comes to uh, anything related to sales and so special projects. Um, I also, ultimately, the, the way that I will gauge my success as a chief of staff is if I can help improve productivity of the sales organization. So I'm directly tied to that. Uh, I mean, I have quarterly MBOs, but at the end of the day, if the sales team doesn't succeed, then uh, I don't view my job uh, as, a, as a success. So this is interesting. Chief business officer, where, where do you folks sit in relation to, say, the uh, head of biz operations, revenue ops, or sales ops, whatever you call that. Yeah, so that falls, uh, so the, the person who runs that here at Trey also reports to the chief business officer. So the chief business officer owns everything from uh, SDR to sales along with uh, revenue operations. So what's that transition been like? You know, you, you were on the front line, you were acquiring, carrying you know, a team with a direct quota. Yeah. Uh, how, what's been, what, what, what did you hope it would be? What has it what have you realized it is? Yeah. Uh, and were there any surprises, I guess, yeah. I mean, I think what's, uh, what I've been most excited about is the independence that I, that I, that I now have to, to think about the projects that I have to go execute on and then work cross-functionally. You know, when you're, when you're coming from sales development, your time is never your own. It's like you're always, you're working with people who are early in their sales career who need a lot of attention and mentoring and coaching and they're, I, I wanted to make, always make myself available or they'd be tapping me on the shoulder. That doesn't happen anymore, so I just have a lot more time and control over my day to go accomplish what I need to, to accomplish. I think the one surprise for me has, has been, um, candidly, it's a bit lonely. Like when you're used to working around such high energetic people who require your attention, I've had to force myself to be uh, social 
and, and with other people inside the organization just to, you know, go for coffee, have lunch, because I'm basically a team of one. You know, yes. I, I mean, I work for, again, my chief business officer, but um, my work is my own and the projects that I have to tackle are my own. And I have, yes, I have to work and partner with other people in the organization, but at the end of the day, it's ultimately up to me to make it happen. So I'm not, I don't have that same type of deep interaction that I did with my my managers and SDRs. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you think about it, in the past, everyone's seeking you out. Yes. And now I guess it's a little bit the reverse. You've got Correct. responsibilities, you can tap people on the shoulder to get things done and yeah. job, right? Yeah. 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 Part, part of my new role, too, is I'm helping facilitate communication between departments. And for example, um, you know, Dom, our CBO, we have a weekly revenue management meeting that has all the key, key leaders in the organization from sales, marketing, customer success. and he wants me to take um, ownership in, in establishing a cadence and an agenda for that meeting. And um, you know, that's that's requiring me to have to reach out beforehand to ensure that everyone has the right set of metrics and then update the information in the, in the deck before to give everyone time to look at it before the meeting each, each Thursday. So this is really interesting because a lot of organizations don't have the luxury of the chief of staff and therefore they actually use their head of sales operations to do exactly that. Yeah. So responsible for their operating room and the extension. I know I used to have that with my sales ops folks. I'd say, look, you know, make sure our managers turn up prepped, ready, data's clean, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I guess the difference here is given your level of experience, you can kind of coach the managers say, look, you know, you don't want to turn up with that. Yeah. Well, you've forgotten these things. You can help them cover their blind spots, right? That's right. And because we are a smaller organization, and even though my purview is really within the sales function, but the, the meeting that I mentioned, you know, it's our head of marketing, it's our head of customer success. And so I don't, I partner with them and I'm going to be asking them for pieces of information so they can update the broader leadership team. Um, but that's, uh, they're not coming to me on a daily basis or I'm not responsible for their metrics, Got it. like they own it, they just show up, and we can talk about it and bring bring to light challenges that each organization has, and, and we can make decisions from there on how to go address it. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, it does sound like a really uh, rewarding and fascinating role, especially for somebody who likes to sort of sit above the uh, the detail and see the, the forest for the trees. Yep. Uh, which I know <laughs> none of our frontline managers ever get a chance to do. It's really as much hard. as they should, right? Yep. It's, it's too hard. You're swamped. <laughs> um, so for folks aspiring to this role. Um, what do you think are the most critical experiences they should get under their belt mm -hmm. before being ready to make a really meaningful contribution role like this? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of project management. Mm -hmm. So you're it's um, given tasks and objectives and being able to, to to come together with a plan, present that plan, and provide updates to uh, broader constituents inside the organization on where. On where things stand. I'm going to pause your hand. So, because yeah. I know early in my career when I was doing some enterprise stuff, project management as a discipline was something where I kind of had to learn the glossary of terms and some of the basic processes to be effective. Yeah. Running really large bits. Have you found that? Have you actually? So, for example, you know, are you running Gantt sheets? Are you doing risk? You know, <laughs> are you doing you know project update? All the yeah. stuff that people project management. Yeah, I mean, so I would say, I mean, yes, but a very. It's leveraging uh, experiences I got from my, my consulting business where I, right. where I engage in a, say if I'm building a playbook and mm -hmm. I had a, a four week outline of what I would do and the steps involved. So it's it's very, I mean, because we're we're not that big. So yeah. I can create, you know, we use a tool called Notion where I build out project plans inside of that where it's just the, the five basic steps of what I'm gonna do, when, when are the dates due, who are the stakeholders that I'm gonna 
involved. I, I, I link any external documentation resources, um, Zoom meetings that I that are that are recorded, all on one page, so that I can, as long as I'm sticking to that time frame, frame that's that's really all at this point my my boss wants. Got it. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. but some basic project management. So basically, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like here's the schedule. Here's when we need to be done. Here are the milestones mm -hmm. and how we're going to measure the effectiveness. Got it. So, you have the chief of staff role. Let's assume for a moment that you're in this role for three, four, five years. Based on what you've heard and what you've seen, uh, and folks who've had this role before, what are the options from here? What do you think are some logical next steps? If, if someone wanted to do something different next, what do you yeah. think it would be? My sense is it, it would morph itself into a strategic operations role, where you're sitting at the at the executive Head uh, table. Head into the CEO type roles. Potentially, that's right, yeah. Um, you know, for some, I've talked to others in this role who they want to go be a, a chief revenue officer mm -hmm. because it's they're, they're partnered with that individual and they have a sales experience. I mean, personally, that's not something I want to do, but other chiefs of staff who work for sales leaders do see themselves as a way to, to step into that, um, into that CRO role with a much different experience because they've gotten the, the, the strategic component uh, as part of the chief of staff, but then they're tied back to ultimately, you know, a revenue number, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So look, you're seeing a lot of contexts, a lot of sales leaders, some good ones, some bad ones. Let's yeah. about the good ones. What are sort of the traits or characteristics you've observed in really effective sales leaders? If there's some common threads you could say, yeah, all the good ones do this behavior like this or, or have this discipline. What what would yeah. that be? So a few things stand out to me, Matt. I mean, first and foremost, uh, Transparency, um, be, because when when leaders make decisions, they have to make they have to ensure that when they lay down the law, they have to provide context and and answer the why to the team, and they need to be able to do that in, in a way that makes sense to the organization to get people fired up and behind the decisions that they, that that are made. Uh, second, uh, vulnerability in that um, we as humans are not perfect. And any great sales leader that I've worked for can exude that vulnerability in a way to know that you know they may not know everything, and they're willing to acknowledge their shortcomings and want to be able to just build a great team around them and help go figure out the problems of the day and, and execute on a on a number. So um, the third component, and, I, and I, when I think when I think about um, those people that have helped me in my career, my, uh, leaders, I mean, such as yourself, right? You helped me grow in ways that made me a better uh, seller. And I think back to other managers who, at the end of the day, they want, they're, lo they're looking out and figuring out how to help their people grow and, um, and move on into the, onto the next step. And so some of the best leaders I've, I work for, especially think back to my time at salesforce.com, where, you know, we had a team of, you know, say 10 account executives, and by the end of you know several years, all 10 of us were on doing other things, whether it be managing teams or moving into an oper operator, operational role or sales ops, marketing, uh, that individual, he, he actually was able to get everyone on his team promoted into other areas of influence, and I really view that as the, the benchmark for me as a leader uh, as well, so I want to help people grow, and those that didn't operate in that mindset, um, just didn't respect them as much. It's funny, that's actually one of my favorite uh, areas of investigation during interview process for leaders is talk to me about where, where's your last team at? 
and yeah. the team before that, and the team before that. You know, more experienced leaders. Okay, so if you can show me a team from eight nine years ago. Where are they at? And yep. how you contribute to that, and you know, blah blah blah. That's yep. really important. Um, are there any early warning signs, leading indicators um, that you've observed that would tell that uh, that leader is not going to succeed? I mean, clearly the opposite of everything you just said. But is there any sort of behavioural traits you've observed where it's like, yeah, if someone operates like this, they're usually not going to make it? Yeah, I mean, I would say from uh, they weren't able to connect with the team, and they were more numbers driven. Like you became a number on a spreadsheet versus trying to really understand the human aspects of what I was dealing with uh, and how I could get past that. And so that that, that was always difficult for me. And um, and I've just seen other people not be able, not react to that in, in, a, in, a, good, in a good way. Um, I know other leaders who I've seen not do, perform well are ones that just didn't have a handle on the basic metrics and being able to understand, uh, have a good understanding of what drives their business and their inability to make decisions based on data. Um, that that took a while for me to understand in my career where I worked with some really smart people, former engineers who were sales leaders, I think like a Frank Van Beekendahl, right, who, um, who grew Salesforce's corporate business and he was a former engineer and just knew his business inside and out. Working for other leaders who weren't like that and then coming back to leaders who had a, had a, a, a strong handle on their business. It just made such a, a difference. And what it really taught me was I got to get smarter about the way that I look at my business, and as well as have a set of metrics that I can go after and report to and hold my team accountable for. And it just, it's, it's a lot more clear cut that way. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because revenue cures all evil. It sort of papers over everything right. until it doesn't. Yeah. Right? Those leaders can get by fine until, until things go south. And they were unconsciously competent. They didn't know why they were winning, right? Yes. So when you go south, they don't know which dollars to turn yeah. to fix things. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, cool. Uh, so um, bonus question, if you'd like to to, to answer it. Yeah. Um, you've been in this game a while, apparently. Uh, are there any personal philosophies or values you'd like to share with folks in terms of how you think about bringing yourself to work each day um, that you might want to share with the group? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, uh, there's one adage that I, if there's one thing I impart on people when they, in teams that I've worked for before, especially in technology, is that change is the only constant. No matter what company I've worked for, if I, if me or my teams weren't able to embrace that change, um, it could barrel you over, and, and high tech is not for you because, but. If you understand, you come you come into the office every day, focus on what's within your control. You shy away from a lot of the corporate drama that that can occur day in and day out. If you, but if you have specific goals that you're attempting to achieve and you articulate that, and you know that personally and professionally, that's what you stay focused on. You will have success. But don't be distracted by a lot of the noise that can happen, and and embrace the change because. It, using even trade.io as an example, the company's a lot different uh, today than it was a year ago. And I know for a fact that a year from now, it is going to look a lot different. And you know, I'm glad to be a part of that, but I also know that I have to be open to embracing the change, which can be very tough for most individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing today. I really Thank you, Matt. It. Always a pleasure, sir. All right. Yep.